The man in today's gospel suffered from leprosy. Now, there were many skin diseases that came under the title of leprosy. Everything from dandruff, eczema, psoriasis, as well as true leprosy, today called Hansen's disease, a bacterial infection which causes horrible disfigurement, nerve damage, and loss of limbs. The very moment the man in our gospel was diagnosed with leprosy by the priests, he entered into a living death. There was no medical treatment. The best that could be done was to quarantine the victims to prevent the spread of disease. If the disease was not classic leprosy, but some other skin condition that cleared up, one submitted himself or herself to the temple priests for examination. If declared clean, that person was permitted to re-enter society. If not, the sufferer endured not only the ravages of this merciless disease, but it had to do so in complete isolation from family, society, and even spiritual isolation because the sufferer was banned from the synagogue and the temple. The sufferer was isolated even from God. It was a living hell. The man did something forbidden by the law. He approached Jesus, violating the mandatory distance he was supposed to keep while shouting out, unclean, unclean. Now that took courage. But why did he do that? Somehow, the sight of Jesus provoked within him the mystery of faith. For a moment in that man's life, hope was rekindled. And he dared to kneel before Jesus, a sign of total submission. And he said to him, if you wish, you can make me clean. An intensification of faith. It cannot be overstated that the sight of a leper approaching Jesus would have horrified, disgusted Jesus' disciples and anyone else present. They were in their rights under the law to pick up stones and throw them at the man to get him to move away and be in his proper place. But then Jesus did something unthinkable, shocking, disgusting, he touched the man. And by doing so, according to Jewish law, Jesus contracted ritual impurity. But as he would show that as God, no contact with any human condition or any human disease makes him unclean. Now, why couldn't Jesus have simply said, you don't need to come any closer, be healed? If one searches for the Gospels for a pattern of healing by Jesus, one searches in vain. There is no pattern. Jesus heals in whatever manner he chooses. 
Two weeks ago, we saw how Jesus cast out a demon using only the power of his word. He is the word of God made flesh, and therefore his word has all the power and the authority of his father's word. So why did Jesus choose to touch this man? To teach his disciples then. To teach us today and all future disciples his humanity and the humanity of his disciples was and is to be the channel for his divine compassion. When you've had a really rough patch in life, when it seemed that nothing was working for you, when your life was falling apart, you might have been at your wit's end with no idea what to do next. Have you experienced the comfort of a family member's or a good friend's embrace or hand resting on your shoulder? You see, human touch can be one of the most powerful tools of comfort we have. You moms, you know that instinctively, don't you? It is as if the one who touched us was saying, you're important to me. You are my friend. I will not let you suffer alone. Even if it was for only a brief moment, didn't that touch lift the sense of isolation, the fear of uncertainty? Never underestimate how divine compassion can work through the touch of a disciple. I recall making a home visit in one of my earlier assignments. The man allowed his illness to isolate himself from family and friends. He had pretty much become a hermit. Many people do that when they're sick. And becoming seriously ill, someone asked me to visit him. I did. After a few visits, he opened himself to being restored to the sacramental life of the church. And after we celebrated the sacrament of the sick, the laying on of hands and the anointing with the holy oils, he asked if I would join him for a cup of coffee. Never asked me that before. And as we drank our coffee, he was more animated than usual. And then he said, Father, when you laid your hands on my head and you anointed my head and my hands with the holy oils, do you know that is the first time in years a human being has touched me? And I said, it wasn't just me. It was the Lord Jesus who touched you, the one who loves you, very much. We seriously underestimate the power of divine love that can be expressed in human touch. As Jesus touched the terribly ill and isolated man, he said, I do will it be made clean. The text tells us the man was healed immediately. But then Jesus did something very odd. He ordered the man to what? Be quiet about the healing. Go show yourself to the priests. 
who, in accordance with the guidelines in the book of Leviticus, would examine him and then officially declare him to be clean. And this would have allowed him to return not only to his family, his former way of life, but to the temple, to the synagogue, to the worship of God. The man would have been required at the temple to offer a sacrifice of two birds. The first would have been richly slaughtered. The second would have been dipped in the blood of the first and then released. That second bird was to be a prophetic sign of what happens to one who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior to be healed, made whole in the blood of the Lamb from the life-giving cross, set free from the powers of sin and death, and continue the pilgrimage of life with hope and with joy. But why would Jesus insist the man tell no one Jesus wanted to keep his identity as the Messiah hidden until the time of the cross. But the man simply couldn't contain his joy. He told everyone what had happened. And how odd that the leper who lived in painful isolation was now free to rejoin human society while Jesus' popularity forced him to live in isolated, deserted places. The gospel reminds us that as disciples of Jesus, through our relationship with him, we are empowered to offer our humanity as instruments of his divine compassion. And when we and others experience that compassion, we are not charged to be silent to share it in the public arena, to give testimony, because we know the power of the cross, what it has done and what it is doing now.